Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorney, and I'm still a medical doctor, simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Adam Merciano. Oh, Adam, my goodness, what a gem of a human being. He is an actor. He was a child actor, now still an actor, writer, producer, and director. He created two of my favorite things that exist in the universe right now, two of my favorite works of art, two podcasts. They're fictional podcasts. One of them's called Cascadia. The other one is called Ice Cream with his company 911 Podcasts. Now, these are, like I said, fictional podcasts. I'd never listened to one until I'd heard of Cascadia, his first podcast. It is so beautiful to listen to. The music, the soundscapes are absolutely incredible. I absolutely fell in love with it and with him and said, how can I, one, get you on my podcast and two, just be friends with this incredible, incredible person. I also got to be in his second podcast called Ice Cream. Definitely check it out. You'll hear my voice as the first voice you'll hear in that show. He is incredible. He has an incredible story about being a child actor, watching his grandparents go off to auditions, and being actually very encouraged from his father to be an actor. Now, continuing his career in acting, but also jumping into writing, directing, and producing in an interesting space, in the fictional podcast space. Please enjoy the incredibly creative, lovely, and just, oh, I don't know, just incredible human being that is. Adam Marciano. You get people who, especially if they're newer into acting, or even just, you know, human beings in general. As soon as it's like you click action, right? Mm-hmm. And they forget how to be a human. Yeah. And uh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. God. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it later. I know. I always find the intros are so awkward and I'm always just like Arr! and so that way I always do the outro and intro yeah. on my own later on. We're the same. We're like the same. I'm like, <laughs> I, I get everything that you're saying. I'm like, I understand. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny because I think and I need to kind of check myself every so often because it is nerve wracking being on a podcast like this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I record about four episodes a week on average. Well, I, I do it in insane. bulk, right? Because I want to get a ton of content yeah. and then just take time off, Very especially smart. in the winter when we aren't as busy. Mm-hmm. But. And also just consistency is really good. Exactly. You don't want to be scrambling and then have two weeks off. Consistency is truly key. I'm telling you, that is the key. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of have to remind myself how nerve-wracking it is for like another human being to hear the question, tell me your story. <laughs> and then they're, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. That's what I'm doing with my actors. Like, I'm like, so where does it all begin? And they're all kind of like... You know, they've been really good, but it's, it, yeah, it is a big question. And I'm like, what the heck, you know, but yeah. You know, you hear about media training, like PR and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. People who will train you for these questions. And I used to kind of laugh and be like, why do you need that? Just tell your story. But then you can really tell the people 
who have thought about it and kind of sat down and said, what are the important mm-hmm. parts about my life that I want to talk about and what have been so relevant as opposed right. to like, it was a Thursday and it was raining when I was born. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I've seen some of these actors who maybe don't have that kind of training and I see them go into so much detail. I'm like, okay, that didn't, <laughs> we didn't need all that. <laughs> So you have to you have to keep it interesting. You have to keep it interesting, and you have to also also keep in mind that not everybody knows your story. Not everybody knows because sometimes they can just be like, "Oh, well, then that happened," and then I'm like, "Wait, wh- I don't understand. How did you get to this point?" Like sometimes people just assume that everyone knows, and I'm like, "Wait, no." So I get it. I understand. Yeah. Well, and then I always get the opposite where people are like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Why would you want me on your podcast? And then they come on and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And then we do an hour of it's just pure gold spewing out of their mouth. And then, then they then afterwards, they send me an email being like, oh, I don't know. I'm so nervous for it to come out. And then they hear it and they go, <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm like, see, you are smart, intelligent, and brilliant human being. People want to hear your story. They're like, oh, this is so nice. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, exactly. Well, yes, with that being said, no pressure. Tell me your story. How did you get to building these incredible podcasts you do? Tell me your story. Well, okay. I, so, first of all, I just want to say I love your show. I, I know a lot of the, the, the guests that come on your show are second act actors, duh, that's the show name. Um, and, and, but that's different for me in a way. I grew up in the industry, I was a child actor, but I look at my career in two different parts. I do think there is a second act, and I will get to that in a moment. But I guess to answer your question, I started off, like I said, in the industry. I grew up with my grandparents being extras. So I, I would always just like see them going to set. Like that was their full time job. They would just work on set. And I, you know, as a kid, you watch the Disney Channel and you watch all these shows. And then I would see my grandparents like working on Disney movies that I would end up watching. So like the reality of actually doing acting was not very like, um, it was like it was attainable to me because I was like, oh, my grandparents are doing it. There's these kids on TV who are doing it. I can do it. Whereas I feel like if I didn't have that, I would probably think because I feel like a lot of people don't think that they can do it because um, they're like, oh, that's TV, or they don't understand the acting world as a kid. Anyways, so I was begging my parents for an agent, and they just were so against it. They're like, no, you need to have a childhood. You need to go to school, and like, I don't want my mom's like, I don't want to lug you to auditions. I want you to play in the park. And I was like, thank you. Like now looking back, thank you. But at the time, I was like. Um, (laughs) so finally when I turned 13 my bar mitzvah they said I can get an agent and so I auditioned for the first thing which was a sitcom called Rent-A-Goalie on Showcase and I booked it and my that terrified my mom because she's like great he's gonna think that everything is so easy breezy in this industry when it's probably not and he's gonna you know crash soon you know with quickly finding out that the reality of auditioning and acting which was true. I quickly, soon after that, got braces, and I wasn't even booking anything. My whole career kind of got stalled. I would go for little auditions, which is so weird looking back now, because I feel like normal teens do have braces, but at the time, it wasn't like a... It wasn't a... You could not be having braces and on TV for some reason. So anyways, that happened, and I just booked things here and there once my braces got off, and then, um, you know, I moved to Vancouver, just tried out that whole scene, I thought, you know, it was great. I had a new agent out there and everything. And then 2020 happened. And this is where I feel like it came to the second part, second act, actors part of me. Um, 
I got dropped and it was, yeah, 2020, a few days after COVID hit, my agent dropped me and, you know, I felt super lost and I just wasn't sure like what to do. Should I continue on? Should I get a real job? Even though acting is a real job, but you know what I mean? Like a, a nine to five or I was very lost. I was stuck in Vancouver by myself, couldn't come home. And I had been there for two years at that point. So, you know, I was kind of familiar. I had friends and stuff. I wasn't like totally alone, but like it was kind of just jarring. And then obviously the world was like falling apart. So like I felt like I was in a good, like I was healthy and I was safe, which was fine. But like it still sucked to have like, I was, there was no way I could work or no way I could audition or anything. So, um, so then I was like, what do I do? Like, how can I still continue on? And make my... Because you always hear... I don't know, Janet. I don't know if you've heard this. But, like, they always say, make your own work. Make your own work. And I'm like, I don't... I don't know how to do that. I don't have camera people and lighting people that I can ask for favors for. I don't know how to do that myself. If I try, it'll look like crap. So, I thought, well, why don't I start dabbling into fiction podcasts and the rest is history. So, I'm always really curious about people who are first act actors, Right? Like, I think people who've had childhoods where they were acting, but also, but kept pursuing it. Because I think a lot of us were those theater kids, right? Growing up in Mm -hmm. theater camp and did all the plays in high school, but then were kind of told by well-meaning parents and stuff like that, no, get the nine-to-five job, like you said, right? Get the real job. Was that ever, I know you mentioned your mom kind of being like, oh, Lord, here we go. Was that ever brought up saying, Adam, this is not a career. This is just fun. Yeah. Um, it was never told like it was just fun. Like my dad was always more of the supporting, like my, both my parents were supporting, like they both were very supportive, but my mom is more realistic. And she was saying, okay, maybe like, like definitely go to college, which I didn't go to college for something completely different. Like she's just more practical where my dad is very much the supportive, like, I'll take you to the acting class. I'll drive you through auditions. Like, he was very much that. Um, But, you know, throughout the years, yeah, definitely it came up where it's like, okay, maybe this isn't working, Adam. Like, maybe we should try to get, like, maybe you should try getting another job. Maybe, because it is heartbreaking. You know how it is. Like, it is very heartbreaking, especially at a young age. Like, you're already trying to develop who you are and, like, like, dealing with school and, like, bullies and stuff. And then, like, getting rejected from an industry constantly. I, I wouldn't take it back because I think that, It's given me a thick skin and, you know, I think that I've gone through life now with like not letting things bother me as much as I wouldn't have if I didn't go through being a child actor because I've been rejected so much and I've had that, that like in exterior. So I'm, I'm thankful for it in the end. Did you say you went to college? Did you, what did you study? I went for, uh, multimedia design and development. So I went for school for like audio design, sound design, Film editing, um, coding. It was all kind of one program at Humber College. Cool. What made you choose that? It was something different. Like, I just, I want, I didn't want to go for acting Mm. because I was doing a lot of private coaching and acting at the time. And I was like, I don't want to go. I want, I want something else, you know, for a backup plan. And it was still in the arts and it was still something different. And it was very intriguing to me because I was like, oh, this is like kind of the future, you know, like it was 2013 and you know, everything was kind of exploding with coding and all this, all this stuff. So I, I, I don't know. It was really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's, yeah. so the decision to go to theater school or not, was there ever that thought, like, I know you said you were doing private coaching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Was there ever the thought of, 
oh, I should go to theater school because I'm going to be behind other actors or be at a disadvantage? No, I actually never wanted to mm-hmm. because I just thought that I was doing my training and I was doing my classes and I I knew that like going to class, like that was my college for acting, mm-hmm. you know? I, I did, I looked at colleges for theater and stuff and I thought, it's just not, it's kind of what I'm doing now. It's like learning the, the theory and stuff and just basically all the things that I'm learning now with my acting coach. And I, at that point, I've already done for 10 plus years. So I was like, I've kind of already, it felt very kind of introduction like, you know, yeah. so I just didn't end up doing that. That's really yeah. interesting. I think, do you notice a difference between when like child, <laughs> do you notice between child and adult acting? <laughs> That's one of the weird questions that, but like, have, what have you no, noticed? It's, I understand. Yeah. Like the, the evolution of it. What has it been like for you? It's different for sure. I feel like obviously as a kid, like the scripts are different. Um, I like would audition for basically only commercials or Nickelodeon and Disney Channel sitcoms. So that was a lot of what I was doing as a kid. And then I just felt that I was like, sometimes I'd go up for older roles, like more mature stuff or more like grounded dramas, which were very hard for me at the time. Cause I just didn't, I felt that like, it was weird. Like, I feel like I needed to go through life to, like, be able to access emotions because mm-hmm. I was getting scripts of, like, characters who had gone through trauma or whatever. And luckily, I never had that growing up. So I was ha- having a hard time, like, connecting. And just as I aged and as I, like, grew up, like, I obviously went through different things. And so it was easier for me to access emotions later on in life. But as a kid, as an early teenager, like, getting those drama scripts were, like, kind of hard for me because it just wasn't... Nothing was clicking for me. Mm. I couldn't understand. And obviously the job is to act and to try to portray the character, but I couldn't relate or I couldn't understand as much as I do with characters now. I feel like I've seen a lot. I've I've been through a lot. And I can see different points of views. And even if I haven't gone through it, I can be empathetic just as an adult, you've grown, right? You can, you can access different emotions, I guess. So that's, I guess, the biggest thing. Yeah, and that's a huge <clears throat> advantage that I think a lot of us second act actors have, like, taken. Yes. Because yes. we, I know, I shouldn't say we, um, me, right? I don't want to generalize for everybody. Yeah. But I know I definitely have felt that kind of pull of, oh, maybe I should go to theater school. Oh, time is running out. Oh, I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to do all these things because I'm behind everyone who's been acting for their whole life. Mm-hmm. But then there's that advantage of exactly what you were saying, right? Like mm-hmm. lived life experiences that I yeah. know if I had tried to dig into them when I was an idiotic 19 year old yeah it would just be fake right because right or you have how can you have known yeah 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 Yeah. right absolutely so that's really interesting and i think i just saw the other day you had um i think it was a fireman or or a doctor or um a police somebody you had somebody on there last week police officer thank you yes and he was saying he's like he's seen so much and he's gone through so much and i was like that's like so interesting because even though he hasn't experienced what that person was going through, he's probably seen like firsthand what their like what their what they what the situation is. So when he gets those kind of scripts, he can just be like, "Oh, I can I remember that situation, that case, or that whatever," and he can put himself into that. Yeah, you know. So I think that's really interesting. Whereas like the kid actor, like growing up, the only thing I guess that's beneficial is that we have that connection that maybe like a second act actor maybe doesn't, you know, mm. because we've we've growing up with the casting directors they know us but that could also be a disadvantage because they maybe just look at us as younger so i don't know there i don't know just 
just do your work (laughs) (laughs) and whatever's meant for you will be. (laughs) And you know what? I think we read, we read too much into it. And I think we try and overanalyze everything because there's such a lack of control. And so we're like, here's something I can control. My lack of uh, experience, right? Right. Uh, Let me just blame that, right? As opposed to all the other and I'm sure second act actors, like you said, feel like they wish that they had, you know, maybe been a child actor to have those connections to grow up in the industry. But then there's the child actors who probably wish that they were the second act actors mm-hmm. to not have like those like embarrassing teenage moments with the casting directors or mess ups or would start fresh almost with an, as an adult. Like I wish that sometimes I wish I just kind of came in fresh and new. And that's actually why I went to Vancouver because it was all new casting directors. It was almost like a second act for me. I was like, starting fresh and not that anything bad happened here, but it was like, I grew up here. I feel like the, the casting kind of got sick of me here <laughs> a little bit, you know, I was going in a lot and I wasn't booking anything, but there was like a fresh face. So it felt like a second act and I can, I can feel both sides, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What do you notice? Uh, do you notice any differences between Vancouver and Toronto? <clears throat> yeah. Um, Toronto, I find has a lot of like just more films, more indie stuff, more like a lot of TIFF films are shot here. A lot of like features and, um, I find that it's a lot of CBC, which if you're not in Canada, it's, it's the Canadian broadcast, Canadian broadcast, what's this, what's, I think center, I think it's center, corporation, corporation, yes, oh, that's bad, um, but that's a Canadian network and they have a lot of Canadian content and all these things, whereas um, Vancouver, it's, it's very LA based, mm. CW, Hallmark, you know, a lot of those, even Netflix, but here it's a lot of Canadian stuff. And I find here the quality of the, the scripts are better than Vancouver. Mm. Because I just find that it's more gritty, more raw. Whereas, yeah, there it's a lot of just kind of procedural stuff. Which is also cool too, but just different. It like matches yeah. the weather. Yeah. It ma- <laughs> Vancouver's like, hey, it's rain. Yeah, it's more chill. chill. Yes, everyone's pretty. Everyone's gorgeous. It's all the look. Yes. Whereas in Toronto's like, Whereas here we are like decrepit gritty. Detroit. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are dystopian gritty. Chicago. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Take me back to when you were a kid. Because I love asking people, who, especially when they were child actors, like, what was it about acting that you just loved and still love? I just, I guess I didn't know that I was an actor. Like, I was do- literally acting in, as I, a lot of kids do this. I feel like everyone says this. But, like, I, I was acting out at, like, dinner t- parties that my mom would have or, you know, just anything. Anytime I got my hands on something, I would. I loved Halloween because I could dress up and be all dramatic. But I think once I really started to do theater, local theater, get an agent, what I really loved about it was just being able to just perform and like entertain i love that i love to like put on a show and then later on in life it's you know as i start to actually study the craft like it was really about like learning the characters and seeing what they've gone through and then experiencing things that i would never have experienced or never went through but like getting to experience it through their point of view and empathizing and all these like really cool tools that i've learned and applying it and just creating my own character and you know i don't look at auditions like i need to get the role obviously that would be a bonus but for me it's a fun opportunity to like create a piece of art and present it to casting and so that's like for me the fun part. Mm. So, yeah. 
how do you deal with the constant rejection? I know it's an evolution, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. from when you were a kid all the way up till now, that development of a thick skin. But what has kept you, I hate the word resilience, but like, that's what it is, right? Like what has kept you going when faced with like, we're like literally the only career that gets mm-hmm. ghosted, right? Like, like rejection, literally. no feedback on art, which is insane. Right. Like, right. I was actually just talking to someone about that, like, the other day, about would you rather get rejection letters every time, or would you rather that they ghost you? And I was thinking about it, because I feel like a lot of jobs, they'll tell you that you just didn't get the job or something, but I would actually prefer to get ghosted now because I think that I have, maybe this is just me, but I have kind of trained my brain for like, I do an audition and I will literally leave the room. I'll think about it, obviously, like what could I have done better and whatever. But then within 10 minutes, by the time I'm home, I get home from the audition, I have forgotten about it to the point where I've actually forgotten the lines of the audition. There's been times where I'm like thinking, what what was the lines? What was the line? I forgot. So I've trained my brain to just put it out of my head, which is, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's just from years of auditioning where I forget. And then there's been times where I've been shortlisted. My agent was like, are you available for this? And I'm like, wait, which one was that again? Which one was that again? So it's just, I guess, maybe a diff, like um, a, a protection tool that my brain has put up for me. I don't know. But I don't really think about it. You know, the, the, the hard rejection is when I'm on hold or close to something and then I don't get it. That's That sucks. But auditions, I kind of, it's just kind of, I just kind of do it mm-hmm. and then I forget about it. Do you have any so. advice for people on how to do that? Because that's something I know I definitely struggle with. You just have to look at it as you're doing your work, you're presenting what you want and what you can bring to the table, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You, it, it. It takes a long time, but you have to train your brain to just forget about it. Just forget about it. Just put it out of your head, put it out of your head. Eventually, you'll get there where you just kind of forget about the audition within a day. And, you know, it's obviously there's some auditions that you think about if you really want the role or whatever, but like most of the time, you just you have to just train your brain to just put it out. And, um, if you just look at it as a point of view where you're just presenting something and you, it's not like I need this job, then I think that your whole perspective on auditioning in general will change, you know? Mm. Hmm. That's really helpful. Cause I think I know a lot of us struggle with that, us being, well, just yeah. actors in general, but especially those of us who haven't kind of trained in it mm-hmm. because it can get so... It just feels so personal because you put so much of your person in the character. Yeah. And you spend so much time and you get like 24 hours to do it. And it's like, it's so chaotic. And then also, if you're not auditioning a lot, if you get one audition every month or something, that's hard. I can understand that. But if you're auditioning a lot, then it's easy to, it's easier to put it out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been on both sides, right? There's been times where I haven't auditioned in months. And then I have that one audition and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to like prepare. And then there's times where I'm auditioning a lot. And then I just, I forgot what I even did yesterday, you know? So it depends. Um, I don't, I guess it's just, yeah. If you just, I think my biggest takeaway on auditioning is don't look at it as if you need the job. Just go into it as if you're showing them what you can do. It's about the casting director relationship because most of the time you're not going to get the job. But if the casting director is impressed by you, they'll keep calling you in for other things. And that's what you want. That is success, not the job. Obviously the job is a bonus, but having that relationship with casting is the success. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know we hear that a lot. We hear that all the time. Yes. Right. And it's hard because, and I was actually having this discussion with somebody yesterday, we were talking about agents and stuff. They're trying to find a new agent and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And I'm like, I 
yeah, it's the job to audition, but that's not what it, it's not a job because there's no money in that. And that's where yes. the struggle is, right? That's yes. where like yes. no other job is like this. Right. Where right. you don't get to do what you want to do for like, like that often. Right. And that's acting. Right. It's tough. Yeah. And that's why you have to look at it as an audition as the job, right? Like you're like, okay, this is my gig. This is my time to perform and let me use this opportunity to perform and to do what I love. And that's it, you know, cause you're probably not going to get the job. So let's have fun with it. Let's, let's pretend you're on this show for that moment. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, that's yeah, that's, you have to just change your, it's all about the mentality of like auditioning. It's so crazy. Like, it is. You know, like you said, there's no other job that's like that. And also we're very lucky that we're self-taping now because before you have to drop everything to go in for a live audition. You have to leave work. You have to do all these things, drive in rush hour. Like we're very lucky that we've at least been able to now do self-tapes only. Um, so the pandemic obviously. And um, yeah, so at least that saves us money and time. <laughs> yes. I really like that mindset. Um, like what, <clears throat> excuse me, what you just said about you probably won't get the job, probably won't get to be on this show. This is your time to be on the show. That's a really nice way to think about it. That's an exciting way to think about it. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's like, you know, and then, and also have fun with it. Take risks. Like, who cares? You know, like these casting directors have seen the same thing over and over and over and over again, and they're bored. They're bored. So if you can come in, obviously don't go way off the, the rails and make something completely off that's not the character. But do, like, have fun, have experience, like, put, like, nuance, put yourself in it, make cool choices, interesting choices, you know, that will stick you out and that will get the casting director who sit there, who sat there for, like, two hours watching all these audition tapes, something interesting to look at, you know? You may not get the role, but they'll be like, oh, Janet, that was, you know what? I like that. I appreciate her for putting that in or doing that. You know what I mean? So... Have fun with it. And I think that's interesting because I know a lot of people, especially second act actors, we came from a very logical career path that said you need to follow the algorithms and don't stray from it. So for me, I mean, it's been an evolution over the last two years of when I watch some of my self-tapes to begin with, where you're like (laughs) rigid muscle. You're horrified. Oh my gosh. But it's, it's cool because I think what comes with experience is relaxation, which is I think mm-hmm. is unique to our job. Because mm-hmm. a lot of other jobs, the more experience you get, the more like, mm, right? The more intense mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Where with this, I definitely notice like the more in my skin I am, and that came with like, acting classes and training, the yeah. more relaxed and the more having fun with it I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though the stakes are higher, because I'm auditioning for higher stuff, Mm-hmm. I feel more relaxed, which is cool. Good, I, that's good. the reverse of what happens in medicine. <laughs> and you know what? Yes, <laughs> true. Because <laughs> you can't just you can't just let me just have fun with I'm this just as you're like <laughs> myself and make brave choices. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna take a risk with this one and like no, you can't do that in medicine. You can't do that in surgery. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't take risks. But, you know, I, I think, yes, like, this is art. Like, that's actually, that's a, that's so funny that you said that. Because my acting coach said, he's like, this isn't brain surgery. This isn't, like, operation. This is art. Like, you're have fun with it. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. It's And that's so true. And the moment you can let go, more things will kind of 
chemically react in you and your performance will be better and all these things will happen. And also nobody wants to work with desperate people. I swear casting can sense when you're desperate for a role and when you're not, when you don't even want the role because those are the ones that you always book yes. and you're like, I don't really care about this. And then you book it. And it's because you're relaxed. You don't care about it. Not that you don't care about it, but you're, you're not so like, Oh my God, I need it. And then that affects your performance. You know, I am convinced that's that's also the case. <laughs> so well, and it's interesting you said like, oh, we could take a deep dive into the physio- physiology of what happens when you're stressed and desperate. I like that. That makes my brain tingle. But uh, it's so true, right? It, it, and I think I don't. It's hard with the desperation piece, right? Like I think, mm-hmm. like you were saying, if you're auditioning once a month and you need to buy food. Yes. Of course, there's going to yes. be a bit of desperation. It's, yes. And I think, like, so do you have any advice for that? Well, that's why I also think that you shouldn't make acting your entire world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important to have other jobs, other hobbies, other things, because you're just going to be, if it's just this, then you're going to get so jaded and so like yeah. intense and you need it desperation and then you're stressed out and it's just not a good time. You need to get other like outlets and other things and let this still be important. Acting is, you know, it's important to craft and you should always work at it, but don't make this your main thing. Mm. I, you know, once you have other things in that you're doing, it'll help you overall as a person, as an actor, as a performer, to not be so stressed and so like focused on that. So that's why I started the podcast. I know the podcast is acting, but it was, you know, I'm, I'm doing other things in it. I'm producing it. I'm casting it. I'm, you know, I'm editing it. I'm writing it. There's all these different aspects to it. You know, it's not just me sitting, waiting for this audition and then getting the audition and then, you know, auditioning and hoping I get it. You know, I'm busy with other things. And then when I get my audition, I'm like, great. Okay, cool. Let me take all these tools that I did with this podcast and this project and apply them to this audition and then go back to here. You know, I'm not just waiting for this, you know, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So definitely have other things, you know, do sports or anything that's like different than just acting, I would say, because it's important to have other avenues as well. Let's talk about your podcast. Ah, So why fictional podcasts? Where did that come about? Okay. So, so as I was saying, 2020 happened, got dropped from my agent, was just sitting alone, literally had no idea what to do with myself. And so I, I'm not a writer, you know, I was like, let me just try writing. So I wrote myself like seven pilots, just seven different pilots, different genres. And I just wanted to see which one I resonated with or which one I really want to explore and deep dive into, pun intended, because I ended up doing a deep sea sci-fi show called Cascadia. And I guess the reason why I chose that was because I wanted to do something that, you know, was still in the vein of acting and still performing. Um, and and something I, a way I can I can still produce it and make it for cheap and still being in the home you know isolated mm-hmm. right like I couldn't go and film this so that was kind of how it happened and I I, I knew fiction podcast for a few years but I was always kind of too scared to do it because I'm like oh, super niche genre of podcasting but I really took the time in the pandemic to create this with my co-creator Antonio Cordero and we really wrote it I had a bunch of actor friends who were out of work so it was perfect. And we all went to the studio and we recorded it. And then I just, I really just spent all this time editing it. So it was a lot of like layers and and variations of it, but I put it out there and then it kind of exploded. And I was like, okay, cool. So let me just jump into this because I'm having so much fun with it. It is so good. (laughs) 
And I know. Thank I've, you. I've said this to you so many times. It, so I discovered it because you posted the casting call for season two for Cascadia on the LB acting community Facebook group. And I was like, Oh God, I love podcasts. And I listened and I just binged it. And I basically sent it to everyone I know who likes podcasts. I'm like, you guys need to listen to this. It's, Thank you. Well, cause I had no experience with fictional podcasts before. I'm like your classic 30 year old white woman. I'm like, give me true crime and cults. And it's it's so well done and it's so it's just so exciting and I love this so corny. I love like the sound of it. Like the sound soundscape. Soundscape, thank you. I knew there was a podcast term. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Because that is what elevates it from on it. I shouldn't say elevates it, but you know what I mean? Compared to like a regular regular podcast. Right. But that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to create an experience. I didn't want just, you know, five actors sitting in a room reading a script. I wanted it to feel as much as I could, immerse you in the submarine, immerse you underwater, do all these different things to give you that. That was the fun part of it, you know? Like, obviously the acting was too and stuff, but that was so fun to get creative and, like, put these little details and sound effects. And I would spend hours and hours looking for a certain door opening sound effect. And, and you know, because I had to match the submarine's door and all these things that were like very tedious, but I enjoyed it and I went to college for it, right? So that was something that I got to use my college experience for. And thank you for saying that though, because that, that really means a lot. And I, I forgot that's how we met. Because I remember you like, were like, I love this show. And I was like, thank you. And then I was like, I need to have you on something. So that's when I quickly called you back for, for ice cream. We recorded a lot of it in, in Vancouver, but I was like, I need to have you on something. So you did amazing. You opened our entire show. You're the first Thank voice you. that we hear. Oh, and, you know, Ice Cream was the second show that we did yes. this year. And uh, and that was a lot of fun, too. We had to work with a lot of kids, which was very hard to kind of go through because I don't know any kids. And so I had to work with, you know, th- this wasn't my friends anymore. It was, it was going through agents and mm. unions and all these things. So, but it was great. It was fun. And so did you just learn all of this on, on the fly? Like union contracts and producing and everything like that. And you're working with child actors like you once were just learning that. How do you, how? Well, first of all, child actors, they, they freaked me out because they came in and they were so on the ball. I was like, I don't even know my lines. And I wrote this damn script, you know, and they, they knew it. They knew my, I was like, they're so good. They were so good. And so I was a little freaked out by that, but, but yeah, no, I just kind of learned it. And I, you know, you grew up in the industry, so I, I knew how to talk to agents and, and the union and all these things. Um, but I need a nap. I'm tired. <laughs> I've been working on this for so long. It, it was cause you're wearing a lot of hats, you know, and it's like, you know, with the, your podcast, it's like, getting the getting the ho- or getting the guest and you know editing it and then recording it there's a lot of layers to it and then you know so when i hear stuff like you saying oh i love it it's like it means so much to me because it's like i spent so much work on it so thank you so much yes i will admit i i have to listen to i haven't finished ice cream because it's too scary <laughs> Good. Cascadia wasn't that scary. This is terrifying. Yeah, I like, let's do yeah. it in little chunks. <laughs> little chunks. Good. I'm happy. I was like, I don't know if this is scary enough. But no, it's scary. Good. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have any favorite moments from either your time just building your incredible podcast worlds, recording it, or even just any of your other acting times on set in your career? Acting times on set? I mean... I just love being on set. And I'm sure you know this too. It's just being something about being on set and like 
being on a literal set and like working with the camera people and the crew people and just creating your own little character and world. It's just the best. I don't really have a pinpoint moment, but I, I love that. And then also with the podcasts, I just, I also love that too. I just love creating it and then like putting it out there and seeing, I'm like a little troll on Reddit. So I'm always on Reddit seeing like the fan reactions and like theories and stuff. So it's just so cool. And that's, you know what? And that was another part of the whole reason why I started with it. It was because I was like, I'm not going to put my hands you know, in someone else's, or my career in someone else's hands anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my own stuff and I'm going to do my own work. And, um, and that's what I did. And to see it actually take off and have a life and have Spotify feature us and people talking about it on Reddit and all these things. It's like, okay, so I can do this. Mm-hmm. I don't need to just sit around and wait. And, you know, cause I was very nervous. I was very scared to put this out. It's terrifying. You know, you wrote something, you recorded something that's very different than the average thing, like a niche thing, you know? And putting it out there was terrifying, but to see the people love it and react to it, it just made me so happy and it made it worth it, you know? So yeah, do your own work. I know it's the worst thing to say, but like, it's true. It's so true. It is so true. You know, do you have anything that you're looking forward to coming up besides a nap? Well, that is the main thing. But I, yeah, we're working on a bunch of different shows right now, which I'm going to talk to you about because I want you in something. We'll talk. Um, We're recording something in Toronto, so we'll definitely have you. Um, And yeah, we're just working on the whole, the whole brand, the 911 podcast brand. Um, Yeah, we have, we have a a bunch of things in the works. I know that's very vague, but 2023, keep on the lookout with us and, you know, stay, stay in the loop. Why? 911 podcast. Why'd you call it that? I'm so happy you asked me this. If you know me personally, you know that I have this really weird thing where I cannot stop seeing 911 everywhere I go. I'll turn on my phone, I'll see it's 911. I'll see it on license plates. I was hiking in Vancouver and I saw this little sticky note on a tree saying 911. The other day, where, what was it? It was like I was, I saw something. It was like a phone number on a truck passing by, I was like, 0911 or something like that. And I was like, oh my god, like, I'm seeing 911 everywhere! So when it came time to, like, adding or making a, a production company name, I was like, I'm just gonna call it 911 because it just seems like the universe was screaming this at me. And then I looked it up, and it's actually angel numbers, and it's, it, it means, uh, this is where you're meant to be. Which is really ironic because I got dropped, was very lost, and then I found this. And it feels, it felt right, so... That's also, really it's just a cool, cool. name. It is. <laughs> it is. That's really neat. I like that a lot. That's Thank awesome. You. <laughs> Thank you. What would you say? How would your parents describe what you do for a living? Parents, loved ones, guardians, describe what you do for a um, living. It's so funny because my mom, she's a hygienist. So, like, she'll talk to her, like, I guess it's like patients. And so, like, they'll, she'll, they'll ask her what her kids do and stuff. And she's, she's, she's so proud. She's like, my son has a podcast and it's a fiction podcast. And actually one of her clients or patients, sorry, was like, what's the podcast? And she's like, it's called Cascadia. This is when Cascadia came out and and the patient was like, wait, I heard that. I listened to that on Spotify. So it was so cool for her to see that. So that happened. Um, but they say I'm an actor. They say I do my podcast. They, they're, they're very proud. How about you? Oh, good question. (laughs) And it's funny. I, uh. I I can't remember when it was, but my dad, somebody recognized me. What oh, my it? God. 
and my dad was with me. My dad lives out. I grew up in Vancouver. So my dad was out in Vancouver. And so he's kind of doesn't really know like the Toronto. So, oh, my dad was out here visiting and we were eating uh, dinner at a restaurant. Somebody came up to me and they were like, are you Janet from Second Act Actors? And my dad was like, stop. What is happening? Stop. <laughs> I know. Wait. I know. Right. The problem is I live in, it's nothing. It is cool. But it's also, also I live in yeah. a tiny community and everyone knows that I'm doing this. So they're kind of like, yeah. But that's still so cool. It was so cool. And my dad was just kind of flummoxed because I think he's just confused about all of this. Like, I don't really understand what's going on. Right. And so when something acting comes around that people are like, oh, she's doing this. He's like, what? And especially podcasting, like explaining that to parents, like they do not get it. I swear. Like, (laughs) my dad's like... He's like, how do you how do you work this? My dad, he's like, can you put the show on for me? Because I don't know how to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how my dad would describe I think you'd still say a doctor and she just does some does some acting things every yeah. so often. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's but good. He, yeah, I think so. He's proud. He's just more, more uh, confused. Yeah, it's like two different, complete two different worlds. I really want you to be on, like, a... I really want you to get a role on, like, a doctor show. Like, The Good Doctor or something. I think that'd be really cool. You know, I think it would be, too. And it's funny because, um, <laughs> like, you were talking about life experiences, right? And how if you've lived mm-hmm. these amazing life experiences, it should be easy to act like that. But I guess, like, there's a reason why there's not that many actors out... Like, good actors out there. Because, yeah, I have never auditioned for a doctor. I get, I audition for nurses all the time. And I probably will never be hired as a doctor because I think I don't look like that classic Hollywood mm. old white man, which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the, the mm-hmm. tropes are changing. But also, right. like, if you're a really good actor, you don't need to be a licensed medical doctor to play a doctor True. on TV. Exactly. Which makes me go, exactly. damn it. <laughs> right. But from watching medical shows and stuff, I know there's a lot of terminology and a lot of, like, dialogue that needs to be right. And I think that I personally would have had a hard time, like, learning it because it doesn't make sense to me. But if someone who understands it, it would click better, those lines, because you understand it, right? My my last question is always, do you have any final words of wisdom or words of advice for anyone out there? Yeah, I would say be kind to yourself. Like I said, this industry is so rough and can really get you down. And sometimes you'll see all your friends. It seems like almost everyone around you is booking and doing well. But you really have to take time and just be like, okay, no, this is, I'm on my path. I know it sounds cliche, but I'm on my own path and the universe will give me what is meant for me. I am so, I'm such a firm believer of that because I know, I've seen it firsthand, things not work out and I'm devastated, but then it there was a reason for it. And then something else happened. And I couldn't have done, if I, I could have done that, if it didn't, if I did that, you know? So it's, it's, you have to just trust the process, trust the universe. And just, again, be kind to yourself because you're doing the best you can. And really it's all out of your hands. It's, you have to just do the best work that you can do, put it out there. And then it's up to whoever to decide. But as long as you do good work and you stay focused and you work on yourself, that's all you can do. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Adam, for being my guest this week. And thank you so much for having me involved with your incredible podcast, Ice Cream. Everyone, go check out all of the incredible fictional podcasts he has created, 911 Podcasts on Instagram. You'll be able to find all the information on how to listen there. So honestly, if you're scared, start with Cascadia, because Ice Cream is a little scary. 
But Cascadia is just such a beautiful, oh, just incredible immersion for the senses. This sounds very woo, but it is a fantastic, fantastic work of art. Again, thank you again, Adam, for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me. You are wonderful. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!